0: Well, welcome to the First Colony Church of Christ. My name is Grant Wright, the Outreach and Missions Minister here, and what an honor it is to be speaking here on Mission Sunday. I love this time of year when we get to focus on what the Lord is doing in and through the First Colony Church of Christ in our international missions. Today's a day to celebrate, to have some fun, so let's do that. Today's also a day to be praying, listening to the Lord, and seeing What is our part? What is our role going to be as we join him in missions in 2023? So three main things that I want to talk about today. The first one is I want us to talk about our God of generations. This is a main theme that I've been personally meditating on in my life, but it's a main theme of our missions here at this church as well. Second, I want us to talk about First Colony's mission vision and our strategic approach as we work to take our faith out to the nations. And then third, I want to tell you a specific story. And this is a special story about how God has used the First Colony Church of Christ to spread our faith to Umbarata, Uganda, and establish a movement for Christ that's going to carry down through the generations. All right, we Ready? Sound good? Sounds like a fun morning? Let's go ahead and open up our Bibles to the Psalms. We're going to be in Psalm 78 this morning. Blessed be the reading of the Word of the Lord. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, His power and the wonders He has done. We hit his deeds, his status of Jacob, and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children, so that the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born. And they, in turn, would tell their children, and they would put their trust in God, and they would not forget his deeds, but keep his commandments. Blessed be the reading of the word of the Lord. Church, our God is a God of generations. And again, this is something that I've been thinking a lot about recently. As Laura and I just had our fifth child. We just welcomed little Rosalind Faith, right? I know this is a shameless dad plug. Little Rosalind Faith. Mama's doing great. Baby's doing great. And you got a really proud, happy daddy right here that is praising the Lord. But we are enjoying every minute with this little one. But I'll tell you this. It wasn't just a few weeks before little Rosalind faced birth that we had to say goodbye in the passing of my grandmother, Margie Wright, at the age of 98. Ninety-eight beautiful, faithful years. And so at it, it her death, and then again at little Rosalind faced birth, this is something that's been stuck with me, is I've, I've just felt the passing of time. The passing on and the movement of a generation. As I meditate on these psalms like Psalm 78, and I remember about our God of generations, that I remember that he wants us to have a faith that passes on throughout the generations. Right? Part of the reason I'm a Christian today is because my grandparents, Jim and Margie Wright, were Christians, and they taught their little Ronnie about the Lord. And on my mom's side, my grandparents, Sir and Lisa Fersman, were Christians, and they taught their little Susie about the Lord. My parents, Ronnie and Susie, were Christians. They taught me about the Lord. And now Laura and I are privileged to teach our children about the Lord, His praiseworthy deeds, His power, and the wonders that He has done because our God is a God of generations. All right, so when I talk about that, When I say that phrase, our God of generations, there's really two things that I mean. The first one is that he is eternal. He is everlasting. He's the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end. He is eternal. He's going to live past all of us, right? But the second thing when I say God of generations is that he has revealed himself to us over time, over the generations, Right? So if we are thinking about the beautiful faith tradition that's been passed down to us, starting with Abraham, it's been 4,000 years of passing that beautiful faith down. This faith has passed over so many births and deaths. Marriages, celebrations, trials and lifetimes, right? There are numerous places throughout Scripture where God says, I am Am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Right? He's referring to himself as the God of generations. And so he is to be understood through the people that have gone before him as we get to read and be blessed by the scriptures and those that have gone before us. After Jesus' ascension, what does God establish? His church. His church, which is a multi-generational faith of believers, that's been passed down for 2,000 years, right? Our God is a God of generations. You know, I started off telling you about my family's faith that is passed down. This is a beautiful tradition and legacy in my family. And I know many of you out there have that same faith tradition that's been passed down. Others of you, maybe it hasn't come through your family. Maybe it's come through a leader a mentor, a friend, or even a stranger that's come alongside you to tell you the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, His power, the wonders that He has done. And now it's your turn to start that same faith tradition to pass it down through the generations in your family, right? But each and every one of us sitting in here today, we are a recipient of the lasting faith that's been passed down from the earliest of times. From the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so today on this Mission Sunday, I want us to be thinking about that. I want us to think about and meditate about our God of generations. Because as we think about the first colony, Church of Christ, and our mission work, it's twofold. We take our faith out to the nations and down through the generations. All right? So let's talk about our second thing this morning. We've talked about the God of generations. Now I want to talk to you a little bit about First Colony's mission vision and how we take our faith out to the nations. All right, so let's look at First Colony's mission vision. Simply put, it is to engage specific geographic locations with First Colony's 12 missional approaches as we partner with God in His mission to seek and to save the lost. That's Luke 19. And to see every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne of the Lamb. It's a beautiful picture that's painted for us in Revelation 7 9. So, this starts with specific geographic locations. And we've looked at, we've got our flags up here behind me here that represent the places where God has called the first colony church of Christ. These are places He's given us a burden for, a heart for, a call to go. So, this is Haiti, Honduras. Of course we're here in the US. We've got Uganda, Colombia and Nepal. This is where we go. A beautiful history of missions has been at the very heart of First Colony since our inception. So over our 37 year history, we have now planted 26 other churches. 26 other churches. Isn't that fantastic? I love, I mean, that is a direct, yeah, absolutely. We can celebrate that. This is a beautiful picture of our church going so that every nation, every tribe, every tongue, every nation would know the name of Jesus, right? So as we go, we go with what we call a holistic mission approach. So what does that mean when we say holistic mission? That just means that we're going to serve the physical needs as well as the spiritual needs of the people in all five of these mission points. And so that's really important to us. So we're about to go through our 12 missional elements. If you've got an order of worship, you can track along. It's kind of listed out. We'll have PowerPoint, but you can see a little more clearly in that handout. But as we talk about the physical, this starts with our mercy ministries. So this is feeding the poor and agricultural assistance, health care, taking care of the orphan the widow and the disenfranchised so feeding the poor this is down in Haiti where we support a school that has 600 students and we're feeding them a warm day, warm meal every day that they show up to school and church for many of them this is the only meal they get throughout the week is when they come to school this is down in Nepal where there's monsoon season every summer and they need help or they have earthquakes or mudslides, just like they've had this past week, and we're able to come in and provide assistance. This is in San Marcos, down in Honduras, where Santos and Jessica, during the pandemic, are going out to their own community and serving 2,000 people meals when they couldn't get them. I love these pictures as they are going. I mean, Santos, thank you for the sweat, the blood, the tears that went into serving your community to being the hands and feet of Christ when they needed it most. It's a beautiful picture. This is in Cúcuta, Colombia, where God called us 6 years ago. And we we couldn't have known what was happening just on the other side of the border in Venezuela, but now there has been one of the biggest exodus of refugees coming out of Venezuela, and we've been on the front line there in Cúcuta helping those refugees with food, with medicines, with housing since day one. We've even helped a a group of 90 churches in Venezuela as we go and serve them there as well. Church, this next number is staggering to me. Over the past five years, our one church has served 1,210,000 meals. 1,200,000. I mean, this this is fantastic. I love to see our church respond to the physical needs. So another element of this is the healthcare aspect. We have been privileged over the past five years to start two health clinics. One is in Uganda with Dr. Andrew, and they have done this 100% on their own leadership, their own resources, and their own leadership as they continue to do this. And I love it because they are serving their church. They're serving their community, and they're taking care of those physical needs, but they're also sharing the gospel. They're sharing Christ's love as they do it, and we've seen numerous baptisms through this ministry in Dr. Andrew. But another big one that we have started this last year was a medical clinic down in Haiti. You may remember last year, I sat up here on the stage with Relit who's who we support down in Haiti, and I asked him a question. I said, Relit, if there is one thing that our church could do to come behind you guys and support you, your ministry, this community, what would it be? It didn't take him long. He didn't have to hesitate. He knew exactly what they needed, and it was a medical clinic. Because of the chaos that's going on down there, the one doctor that served the 50 million, sorry, not 50 million, 50,000 population there, he left because it wasn't safe any longer. And so we put that before you guys last year, and you showed up big on Mission Sunday. We were able to provide the $5,000 it needed for all the medical supplies that they needed. We were able to provide the $10,000 that it needed for the three staffers. We hired a doctor, a nurse, and a lab tech to serve them every Friday and Saturday. And church, that was a massive answer to prayer to relate to that congregation, and to that community last year. Thank you. Thank you for showing up and doing that. We're, we look to do that again this year. We want to provide that same assistance. There's still that need. And as we talk about going and taking care of the orphan, the widow, the disenfranchised, you know, Nepal has been one of those places that we've focused on the disenfranchised class of the women that are being trafficked down there. And these are horrific situations. And it's, it's, I hate to say this number because of the, the stories that go behind it. It's also a beautiful partnership that we've had with Our Daughters International there. We've been able to help rescue 334 girls out of human trafficking situations over the past five years. Those 334 lives that have been changed. And each one of them have have a different story. Some are able to go back home, some are not, and so they go to a safe house. Others go to a vocational training center we've been able to help about 20 girls start businesses so that they don't have to go back into these traffic situations. This next year, we've got a fantastic opportunity. We've got girls that are in that vocational training center looking to go back into that southeast corner of Nagar and start afresh. And so for $1,500, what's awesome is we can go in, start these businesses, and what that provides to these girls, they usually start them with two or three girls in one business, and it provides them the first six months of all the things that they need to start having an income-generating business. Well, that, that first $1,500 is a microloan. So they start paying that back after that first six months to our daughters. And what's fun is, you know what our daughters does when they get it back? They give it to the next girl, Right. So as we start these five businesses, helping out these 12 girls this next year, over the next decade, we're probably going to be able to start 15 businesses just by doing this this year. Isn't that exciting? So you can kind of get a picture of what we're talking about here, yeah, as we talk about serving the physical needs, the meals, the medical clinics, helping these girls out. All right, let's talk a little bit about the spiritual needs as we go, because this is key, right? This is who we are as a church, is the disciple making. So the missional elements here, this is prayer and fasting. This is Bible study. This is gospel translation. This is Christian education and starting Christian communities. So prayer and fasting. What does this look like as we go? This this is just a part of our DNA. You know, I, I think about times with Santos and Jessica and their leadership and our leadership where we have prayed and fasted together, and those have been really beautiful times together. I think about our Uh, brothers and sisters in Uganda, those churches are actually praying and fasting for us today as they know this is our mission Sunday and mission season. But this is just what we do as we go. And then as we go, we want to see Bibles in the hands of non-believers, seekers, believers, because we believe this is the Word of God that is the bread of life. And so kiddos, I want to give you a charge today. We are looking to give away a thousand Bibles next year And we can get these for about $5 a piece. You know, as I go into my house, there's probably multiple Bibles in every room in my house. This is just a common, ordinary thing here in the States. But you go to a place like Nepal, they've never seen one of these. Families do not have one of these. A gift of $5, kids, we can take that over, and that can be a blessing to 5, 10, 15 people that live in a house. This is a great way to bless the nations as we give them the Word of God. And specifically as we do that, we want to give it in their heart language. And so we're a part of gospel translation where that's needed. All right, let's talk a little bit about Christian education. Because as we go, of course, we're starting churches, and they're there on Sundays and Wednesdays. But we also want to be in their lives every day as we help form that Christian education, that biblical worldview, and have those touch points. So in Nepal, we've been able to start a Bible school, and this has been a great touch point. In this next year, I'm really excited. I want you guys to be praying about this because we have the opportunity to now take it online. And so not only are we going to impact the Badatnagar area, which we've been doing for the past five years, but now we're going to be able to impact the entire country and anybody that speaks Nepali. So I'm really excited about what the Lord is doing and the doors that he may open up. Down in Honduras... You know, this is a place where we have been serving the orphans down there at the refuge for almost 20 years. I know many of you were down there day one as we were building the housing that they stay in today. I mean, this has been a part of our heart for so long. And so these are kids that we sponsor in their their schooling. Mission Lazarus has just built a beautiful first-class Christian education building where they are down there, and so we're a part of that, and this next year we are looking to support Paula which I am thrilled about, because this lady, you see her up here, and you also see this great picture of her in her mud boots. This girl's got some grit. This is during COVID, and she's hiking up the mountains in the mud to go check on her students. I love it. She is a fantastic leader for this school and for this community as she leads the elementary school the middle school, the high school, and the vocational training. So again, each one of our five locations, Christian education is a key component. All right, let's talk about the final component here of Christian community. So what are we looking to do? We are looking to go into these mission points, and we want to see a movement for Christ. We want to see the name of Jesus be known and worshipped in each five of our mission points. So we're not just there to plant a church. We're there to go see a spread of the gospel, to see a spread of Jesus Christ being worshipped in these places. So in Cucuta, Colombia, we started one church there ten, or sorry six years ago. And it is strong and healthy with great leaders, and it is doing fantastic. 200 members that are there. They've been praying. They've been asking the Lord what's next for them. And I love the vision that God's given them. He's given them a vision of 10 churches in the next 10 years in and around their city. So, church, I couldn't be more thrilled that we get to get behind them and support them and give them the resources, give them the encouragement, give them the tools to go see this happen, because I do believe they can do it. They've already established small groups strategically around the city, and they want to form these into churches. Down in Honduras, we've got Santos down there. He, he is personally leading two churches every Sunday. And then he's got a group of leaders that he's pouring into. And then they've got churches all around around San Marcos region. And now they're taking the gospel up into what they call the the over-the-mountain ministry to where people haven't been reached. I love the spread of the gospel in Honduras. In Nepal, this is a Hindu nation, 1% Christian. And since we've been there, it's been amazing to see the Lord's hand in his work. We've seen 105 house churches and small group fellowships spread throughout that southeast corner of Nepal and Badat-Nagar. It's a beautiful, beautiful spread of the gospel, but they need our prayers because persecution is hard. Please keep them in your prayers. All right, church. All right, so we've talked about the physical needs. We've talked about the spiritual We've talked about this spread of the gospel, this movement that's getting started. But next, I want us to to answer the question, can we create a holistic mission approach that lasts beyond the presence of the First Colony Church of Christ? So this is where the third component comes in. This is where we talk about sustaining communities. This is where First Colony thinks about going down through the generations. Okay, this is where leaders are discipling leaders. Parents are teaching their children. This is ultimately what's going to sustain these communities. So our four missional elements here are short-term mission trips, leader training, indigenous leadership ownership, and maybe the most difficult of it all is locally funded ministry, right? They've got the resources to be able to provide it and lead it on their own. Because let's be honest, church, we are the fuel that has come behind these from their inception. We don't just send our dollars, we send our people. We go teach them. We teach them how to share the gospel, how to start churches, healthy doctrine. But then we release it, right? We want them to own it and have the vision for the next town, the next group, the next people. So as we think about success, we've got four key markers of this is what it looks like for first colony missions. Number one. Local leaders are leading their churches and these movements. Two, we see people coming to Christ on a regular basis. Three, we've got local leaders that have caught this vision for holistic mission, and now they're looking to take it to the next town, next village, the next country, without First Colony, without our resources, and doing it on their own. And then the fourth one is that same key. They're doing it 100% on local funds and resources. All right, the stage has been set. We've talked about our God of generations. We've talked about our strategic approach, how we take our faith out to the generations. But can we, as the First Colony Church of Christ, in our mission work, take our faith down through the generations? Could God use us to start a self-sustaining, generational movement in our lifetime wouldn't that be incredible? Wouldn't that be special to be a part of? Well, church, I'm excited because for the first time in First Colony history, we are on the brink of such a movement for Christ. And today I want to tell you a special story. This is a story that's taken place over the past 25 years, starting here in Sugar Land, Texas, and spanning all the way to Umbarati, Uganda. We're going to watch this video that tells of this beautiful mission history. It shows of the amazing kingdom work that our brothers and sisters in Uganda are leading 100%. And they have been for the past three years. And lastly, it's going to show us how we can be a part of this final capstone piece of making this mission movement 100% financially self-sustainable. All right, let's turn our attention to the screens as we get to enjoy our God of generations in action. <speaking> <Hebrew>
1: 25 years ago, the First Colony Church of Christ felt the call to go to the nations and build a generational Christian community, which would eventually be led by indigenous leaders who were 100% self-sustaining financially and in their ministry. At this same time, three young couples at Harding University were answering God's call to go, and through the Lord's providence, we partnered with this team to start a mission in the Ancoli region around Imbarara, Uganda, This has truly been a work of generations in many different ways. There have been generations of mission teams. First, the Gages, Fouts, and Bakers. Then, the Lindsays, Naramores, Laurie Earls, and Glissons. And then finally, the Huttons, Tuckers, and Martins. Overall, First Colony has sent and repatriated 10 families and three generations of missionaries to this area. There have also been generations of First Colony leadership, beginning with the leadership of Jerry Morris and Jim Hughes, which was passed on to others, including Bob and Cheryl Gowans, Wes Spates, and Dana and Sheila Wright, and then to Nancy Penny, Steve Manley, and Grant Wright. These people and many others from First Colony all served to grow and sustain the movement. They served on the mission committee, made countless personal trips to Uganda, and invested in both the missionaries and the Ugandan leaders. There have also been generations of Ugandan leadership, including Richard Kwayamba, Joseph Yarahunga, Hannington Noe, Asimwe Gordon, James Truman, Pociano, Arthur, Bob and Doran, Ian, Stephen, and many more. Also included in these generations are around 200 high school seniors and first colony members who visited Uganda to invest and form relationships. We've grown up with this movement and mission, and it is close to our hearts. These Ugandans are our brothers and sisters in the church and in Jesus Christ. And just like with our brothers and sisters here in North America, we have done ministry side by side with our brothers and sisters in Uganda. We have grown old with these people, celebrated marriages and births, and even mourned the passing of loved ones together. Our God of generations has worked over the generations to grow this Uganda church movement into 16 healthy churches, 70 godly and effective leaders, and 2,000 faithful church members. Let us share with you some of the wonderful ministry initiatives that our Ugandan brothers and sisters lead. Sunday worship services are led in the town and village churches each week as they preach the gospel, share the Lord's Supper, and celebrate in worship. In addition to various daily classes and gatherings at the church building, the Ugandans also host monthly leadership meetings and conferences for women, youth, married couples, families, and leaders to train, equip, and disciple members for all kinds of ministry, from single-family units to national meetings. The Ugandans also maintain a Christian library in the church building full of commentaries and reference materials, a place where church leaders, church members, and community members read and discuss the books together. This library is a unique feature for churches in the region. Also in the church building is a medical clinic run by Dr. Andrew, one of the Imbarara church leaders, offering free medical services to church members and the community on a daily basis. Numerous people in the community have been baptized through this outreach initiative. The Ugandans have also met a huge need for Christian education and have established three village primary schools. They preach the gospel daily and reach entire families while providing excellent academic education, impacting over 500 children. The Ugandans continue to maintain two clean water wells built by First Colony, And there is significant health improvement for the locals in these villages this past year they installed one more additional water well on their own a recent initiative is to teach sewing classes to single mothers in several villages where they can learn to sew their own clothes and make a living while also hearing lessons from scripture through farming god's way ugandans model appropriate farming practices while simultaneously teaching about god creation and the gospel Famine relief during the dry season is another way Ugandan church members have shown a heart for those in need, providing seeds, clothes, salt, soap, and food, using this to tell about the goodness of the Lord. The success of discipleship Bible studies at the Imbarara church building has multiplied into hundreds of house churches over the past few years. So far this year, 163 have been baptized as a result. The church members have committed to local assistance and pastoral care by visiting the local hospitals and the city prison to give hope and share the good news. Medical bills for elderly and destitute church members are paid when necessary. To expand evangelism, members of the Imbarara Church have planted a new village church in the past year and have traveled west to an area near the border with Democratic Republic of Congo to begin spreading the gospel. And now we have a unique opportunity. These Ugandans have the spiritual experience, desire, discipleship, history, and maturity to continue this movement. But they need our partnership to complete the building in Imbarara, which serves as a vital hub for so many of these ministries. As you can see, all of the ministries mentioned above are either hosted directly at the building or are sustained by the rental income generated by the building. Adding the final two stories of this church building will indeed provide enough revenue to 100% financially sustain the church movement. FCCC is fundraising to underwrite the expansion project. This is the last major investment these Christian brothers and sisters need and desire to reach the Ancoli people now and to continue to reach the Ancoli people through the generations. We invite you to partner with us to help raise the $480,000 needed to complete the building of these two floors. The goal is to start construction in the summer of 2023. We need to have 100% of the funds raised or pledged before construction begins. We welcome your partnership as together we approach this capstone project for our Ugandan brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you
0: for being Jesus. Absolutely. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, this is First Colony Missions. This is who we are, this is what we do. We start sustainable mission movements for Christ to pass through the generations. I love the history that's captured there of 25 years of mission work. I mean, this is, again, at the heart of this church. Just in the past five years alone, what we've been able to see is four new churches planted. We've seen 160 new Bible studies started, and we've seen 3,000. 144 new baptized believers in Christ. And now we are on the verge of seeing our very first 100% financially self-sustained mission movement. Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord for what he has done in and through the First Colony Church of Christ. I do, I want to thank you guys. Some of you all have been in this for decades. We saw the pictures of you up there. We've seen the sweat, the tears, the celebrations. It has been a fun ride and a fun journey. Some of you guys have jumped in this past decade. You've joined the leadership teams. You've joined the trips. You've gone, you've seen, you've been a part. Thank you. Some of you all are new to First Colony. I want to invite you guys to be a part of a mission legacy that is the First Colony Church of Christ. Because here at First Colony, this, this mission only happens when we pull all of our resources together as a church, when we listen to the Lord, and when we are crazy enough to go and to give big for Him and His kingdom. Each and every one of us has an active role to play as we spread our faith out through the generations. That's within our family, and that's out to the nations. So church, as we think about this Sunday... I mean, last year, this year, was our biggest mission giving ever. And as we think about what we're trying to do next year with the capital campaign in Uganda, the 15 missionaries that we support, those indigenous leaders, the medical clinics, the Bibles, the meals, we need to do it again. It's time. God has given us a God-sized dream that we get to give into, and I'm excited to be a part of it. So let's do it. Let's do it, church. Let's be a part of a self-sustaining missional movement in our lifetime, right? Let's finish this church building as a gift to our dear brothers and sisters in Uganda. Let's establish our God of generations so that he can be passed down through the generations there in Umbarada, Uganda, among the Ankoli people. Just like it says In Psalm 78, so the next generation would know, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. They would put their trust in God. They would not forget his deeds, but remember his commandments. This is our prayer for our brothers and sisters in Uganda. This is our prayer for each five of our mission points. Church, thank you, thank you, and amen, and amen.